0: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, EDFM everyone. Nation, yeah. right? Yes. Merry Christmas. All right, so I started it with something other than all right, except I just said all right. Yeah, so. I know.
1: Bad habits. I don't know. We have bad it's, habits. I know. You're going to s- have to start the swear jar. I know. I think that we should. <laughs> my bad habit is I say, you know, in, uh, be- in between all my words of wisdom, I, I pause and say, you know. yeah. Bad habit.
0: I'm sure our listeners could uh, they they could probably contribute words that we should eliminate oh from gosh. our vocabulary. No, I don't want to know. You don't. Well, <laughs> maybe. I know if we did that for Sunday morning for a sermon, definitely. It's a
1: dangerous game. It is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't.
0: We don't want your input.
1: <laughs> I prefer it remain a wondrous mystery. So, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, let's talk about Christmas. And all the misery surrounding it. No, I'm just joking. Not really. <laughs> but uh, the title, which came from an unnamed, unidentified source. They didn't want to be. No. They didn't want to get credit for I said for this. I was going to give this them was credit. And they, was great. they were adamant. No. Really? Should I just do it anyways? It's tempting. I, I think we should. You, well, let's put it this way. You all know this person very well. That's right. She is the hub of the church. Yeah. It's not me and you. <laughs> no. She runs the show secretly. Yeah, <laughs> Probably doesn't listen to the podcast. I don't know. I'm sorry <laughs> if you're listening. But, uh, our well, anyways, the, ca- the name was You Can't Cancel Christmas. Is that right. right? Yes. Did I get it right? Yep. And so we give credit to this anonymous uh, <laughs> citizen for their... <laughs> Their
0: contribution. I don't, I don't know how anonymous they are now. Wow, you've described just about it. It's not that big a church. I know, <laughs> but oh, well. that's all right. So anyway, we are very grateful to her mm-hmm. for um, uh, for speaking up, giving us a, a great title. Yes, I love it because I it too. it's definitely along the lines of what we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're and and one of the reasons is it's very relevant. It's it's happening right now. Yeah, we're talking about lockdowns. Of course, man
1: alive. I'll just be honest, Craig. I was in a bad mood the other day. <laughs> it was ugly. I'm glad I wasn't really around anybody who is gonna. I'm. They're gonna look down on my uh, spirituality or something because I was. I was angry. Oh man, I was very angry. Yeah. And here, okay, let me just defend myself for a second, because I that when when word came out, the original word came out about ontario going on full lockdown it right. was supposed to be on christmas eve i know starting christmas eve one a.m or whatever it was right and i've been pretty harsh and complaining a lot it seems like over the last several months but i want people to know i was mad not because of me or not i should say not for me because i have a beautiful family If I were to spend Christmas with only the people in my household, I'm not alone. I'm with my young children, my wife. I'm not, I was not, you know, it would have been nothing more than an an inconvenience. But the way that that would have affected so many other people made me mad. Straight up mad. And I'm thinking of people in my mind. There's this lady who lives down the street from me. She's 90 something years old. Yeah. She has no family who live in town. Right. And she's been hardly being visited at all by anybody, period. And this was... Then there's another lady who lives on our same street who kind of reaches out to her from time to time, the two of them. She's a little bit younger, but she's in her maybe 70s. <laughs> and so she she goes out of her way to try and, you know, like the two of them kind of uh, combat loneliness, let's just put it mm-hmm. that way, by being there for one another. And according to this lockdown, they got to spend Christmas by themselves like that made Mm me fuming mad i was not okay with it so i'm not mad because of how this affects me it really doesn't affect me too bad i can live with it i can move on but it these blanket lockdowns uh you know you can't cancel christmas i I was in the you can't cancel christmas mood the other day let me tell you yeah so full disclosure
0: yeah well and i'm 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 like that ever since the beginning. <laughs> I, know. I feel that way about so many of these things this I call it government overreach. Oh yeah um, I realize they're I, I know what they're trying to do. I know that if you know um, if they're innocent in all this and they're not trying to wield power or things like that that they have a good motive, I guess, But uh, so many times, we always justify our actions, right? Am I going to be
1: the cynical one today? Because <laughs> I'm over here shaking my head like, no, they don't. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm
0: watching your facial expressions. Oh. It's like, man, we got to get this on video. Well, the reason I
1: say that is because the people who've made the orders don't obey them. So many of them have already been caught. Oh, stay home for Thanksgiving. And then they fly to go see their sister and whoever
0: you know but what you what you don't understand jeremy is that these these people are smarter than we are you and your they, sarcastic voice you know <laughs> <laughs> they, they know how to stay safe when okay. they do that we don't know that sheeple aren't capable of uh, i should have figured of, it uh, out you know of, of figuring those things out yeah and so therefore i understand it i mean they they, they should be actually you know they have so much more money than we do and they're more famous, and they have more followers on Twitter, and all these things. They should be allowed to do these things, whereas mm-hmm. we shouldn't, because we're just not as woke, I guess. We're the ponds. Yeah. I,
1: have you ever seen that Babylon Bee article? No. It was a it was a picture from the sky of a you know like the ocean or whatever, and these yachts spelling out "We are all in this together," and oh. the the headline is you know. Uh, the world celebrities spell in yachts we're all in this together <laughs> or whatever like yeah yeah we're all in this yeah together. we're out on our yacht right most some people are like <laughs> five people in a two-bedroom apartment and you're yeah. in your mansion yes. like no we're not yeah. in this we're together not, in right. the same way but anyway <laughs> i'm getting this out of my system up front okay. you know right. i gotta get out of my system
0: no this- i'm with you i all those things are i i feel that way i just can't think about it much gotta I've gotta got move on yeah I've got to move beyond those thoughts because I I do get crazy about that stuff I, I just feel like whatever you know I guess part of it is though I've I've done um, I've resolved it in my mind like I can't go I can't go visit my family. In fact, I probably should go visit my family for Christmas now. Because if I go to the States to visit my family for Christmas, I have to quarantine for two weeks. But if I go now and visit my family, Mm. I'll come back and quarantine with everybody else because you guys are just going to lock down anyway, right? Yeah, now that's,
1: that's, (laughs) that is, that's, you're playing 4D chess now. I know, man. Now we're talking.
0: I just, I just realized this. You broke, you just cracked the system. (laughs) I love it. Well done, sir. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we can complain about it all day but the fact is you can't cancel christmas yes and it just highlights like even our frustration back and forth we're going we and if we kept going believe me it would get worse folks i'm just warming up it would i know <laughs> it would get worse we have more and more reason for our frustration and angst over it but the fact is is that you know when you sit down and think about it you can't cancel christmas cuz christmas isn't all the things that we think it is sometimes mm. And the idea that the government has the ability to cancel Christmas, well, that's significant because if you're, you know, I think if uh, for one thing there are uh, a lot of people out there that are feeling like this government overreach, they're they're reaching in and they're taking liberties and they're taking away my freedom mm-hmm. of religion, my freedom of following and worshiping, to right? Yeah, which is what. This is going to entail. We're going to, as a church, our church, because we're both pastors, mm-hmm. and we pastor Bible Fellowship Church, we are, we're We're going to be locked down, and for at least two Sundays, we're not going to be able to gather in person. Right. The gatherings can have to be less than 10 people, and I think that's mainly for funerals and weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, so it just, it just highlights this idea, like the one approach we could take to it is we could say, you're not going to lock us down, right? You are telling us we can't worship. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of churches have taken the approach. You're telling us we're not essential, right? You know, all these different things. It is very offensive. I agree. I'm offended by those ideas that what I do is not essential. That is my least favorite part of everything that
1: has happened in 2020, is this idea of essential and non-essential.
0: It's Well, I mean, we could go down that road. When you think of it in an overarching sense, what we have done something that we've never done before culturally, we have determined that certain actions, certain things that we do are essential and some are non-essential. Right. And we didn't really play that game. I mean, we all make that decision that evaluation of something in our heads all the time. Sure. Whether something's really important or valuable or not. But that has never been like the government's job to figure out. Freedom means that we get to decide what's essential for me and what's essential for you. Mm -hmm. It may not be essential for somebody else. And Mm -hmm. so we have to make that decision. Whereas now the government's making it for us. Mm -hmm. And that is a very dangerous place. Not
1: a game I want to play.
0: No. And... And unfortunately with governments, once you start establishing those precedents, well, then they begin to play it in other areas. So what is it next time? It might not be a pandemic. It could be something else. It could be a natural disaster. And then we determine this is essential and this isn't. Mm -hmm. And then what happens when we have to make decisions like, I know it's, now I'm getting really crazy, crazy talk out here, but what happens when, uh, we determine that, that It's just too much. We have got to stop global warming. Now we can deem things. The government has a precedent for saying we have determined this is essential, this is non-essential. You see, essential and non-essential is just a way to take away freedom. Oh, absolutely.
1: And that's coming. I mean, it's for sure coming. It's already started in some places when it comes to the global warming issue. Right. uh, You think about, you know, these taxes that are supposedly gonna, the government's gonna use them to end fossil fuel emissions or rolling blackouts in California. They just determined, we're just gonna shut your power off because we gotta save the planet. So hope you didn't want to watch TV right now or you know uh, power your home, uh, heat your oven, whatever. I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the, re- the world we're we're moving toward.
1: The reason I loved the title is because you can read it two ways. Mm -hmm. It's very tongue-in-cheek, right? Like It's very clever. That's why I liked it. So the one way you can read it is the way we're kind of playing up right now Mm -hmm. is being angry picketing out on the front lawn with my nativity scene sign or whatever right. like you can't cancel my christmas you're not gonna do that
0: my 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 sign is a picture of doug ford yeah uh and the grinch that stole christmas nice is a caption. yeah right. yeah there i like go. that i like that i like where you're going maybe doug ford all green there you go
1: <laughs> we could do it we need the artists out there to make it happen am but i am i gonna get canceled over this no
0: i don't uh, think so <laughs>
1: I am sure there has been worse. I said think that's about already Doug been Ford. said. Yeah. So you can take it that way, which it's very tempting, and I have, I've felt a little bit of that force myself in myself, uh, to be angry about them, even threatening it. Now they backtracked and said, "Okay, we're going to start it the day after Christmas on Boxing Day," which is an improvement. Still not great, but they didn't actually cancel Christmas per se. The other way you can read it is the way we're going to approach it a little bit more here, which is more from a theological standpoint as believers, which is understanding that even if they continued forward with that uh you can't meet, you can't gather, you can't do this, you can't do that, Christmas is actually it's actually not canceled. It can't be canceled. Right. You can't cancel Christmas. It's already done.
0: It's 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 a historical fact, number one. It's in the books. And it's a present reality in our lives, number two. Right. So you can't cancel Christmas. No.
1: Even if you wanted to. You can try. The government can try. The government has tried, not just our government, I mean any various governments in world history, have tried to do a lot of canceling of Christians over the centuries. Mm -hmm. And the truth is you can't. You cannot do that. Like you can't stamp out something that's a spiritual reality. It is an impossible task. So that is kind of the shift in perspective we're going to discuss a little bit here in uh, our podcast today. Um, And I wanted to, uh, to, I guess, frame it a little bit this way. You know, we've, uh, as not only as Christians... living in a secular world, I mean, Christmas has been hijacked by the secular world now for a long time. The reason I have to regularly convince my children that the reason for the season is actually Jesus is because everywhere they turn, it's not about Jesus. True. Like, in their schools, in their classrooms, and to be honest, like, even in our, to some degree, in our own home. You know, like, we put up a Christmas tree. What does that have to do with Jesus? Uh, We've got the whole Santa thing going. What does that have to do with Jesus, right? And you got to remind – so we've adopted so much of the visual trappings of the secularized version of Christmas Mm -hmm. that Christians can sometimes feel like the meaning of Christmas is eroding away already. There's this war on Christmas. Right. And we got to save it. Now the government's coming in and just laying down the boom, or they almost did, to say you're just straight up not having Christmas this year. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it in your own home. And that felt almost like it was an attempted death blow to what was already a, a crumbling reality. This idea of Christmas and the true meaning of Christmas feels like it's been eroding for a long time. But it actually hasn't. You know? The visuals have been hijacked in a particular direction. But what Christmas is actually recognizing has not faded one bit.
0: Well, I would... Yeah, I'd argue even along the lines of, and I've already said this a little bit, but I'd argue that uh, one of the one of the reasons we feel it's being stolen is because the things that are being canceled, the things that that are being taken away, um, those things are be, have become very important to us, and so all those trappings that you talk about those are things that we equate with christmas i mean i'm like that i i'm kind of a nostalgic person so i remember things and we all do remember things based upon these symbols and these symbols just remind us and so every time we see these symbols now maybe you had a really rough upbringing or something happened one christmas you lost a loved one that was very close to you right at christmas time and christmas can be a painful thing right, right? so all of these symbols and all the things that we do in our family gatherings and things like that, one of the reasons we're so upset is because those are the things that are being canceled. Jesus isn't being canceled. Being able to worship him isn't being canceled. You can't take that away. Even somebody that you throw in a gulag, you can't take that away from them. Right. They have the ability and opportunity to worship and praise God right where they sit. They don't even have to move their lips. And we can give praise to God. Yeah, and
1: make melody in your heart to the Lord. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so what it shows us is it shows us what we are really trusting in to make Christmas happen mm. in our minds and and in our hearts. Sometimes even, and it's maybe even a positive thing to have somebody shut down Christmas, causing us to take the time to look at. What it really is about to us.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think is true is that when our idols are attacked and torn down, it's painful. Mm -hmm. And that is true no matter what your idol is. We all, or various idols, we all have various things in our lives that we tend to put too much value in, too much hope in, too much trust in. And we elevate them to a position that they don't belong in in our lives. That's what an idol really is. We think of idols oftentimes as physical objects, and sometimes they are. But they can be all kinds of things. I mean, one of the biggest idols that people have is safety and security. Mm-hmm. And that idol's eroded before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's why most people throw around 2020 as almost a pejorative term. You know, right. like as if it, it, it's obvious that we all know this year's. Somebody asked on Facebook just the other day has 2020 been a wasted year? Hmm. And it was just kind of interesting to me because because that's an interesting line of thought. But that's the kind of thing that we do. We we have these things in our lives that we value. Mm -hmm. And then when they get attacked or we risk losing them, Mm -hmm. we get upset, we get angry, we get panicky, we get sorrowful, we get despairing. And I agree with you that a lot of what has been happening in 2020 is some of these cultural idols that not only non-believers have, to some extent believers have them too, have been slowly being taken away or at at least are being at risk more so than normal. And then our response to that really shows where our hearts are. Sometimes, yeah. Right? Mm
0: -hmm. And that's... uh, It's hard to discern. It's hard to discern whether or not... Your heart is focused on idols, and that's the reason that you're frustrated. Is because those things are being taken away, or um, maybe you're taking the next level of thought, which is if they take these things away, what else can they take away? Mm-hmm. And and so that's kind of where you know I, that's where I find myself. I don't I don't know if I if it's the um, if it's the, the message that it sends or if it's the actual losing of those things. I think it's a little of both. Mm -hmm. Um, We discussed before we went on, uh, started recording, the passage of Scripture uh, in Acts 17, and Paul's standing at the Areopagus. It says, so Paul standing in the Areopagus said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious, For as I passed along, I observed the object of your worship, and I found also an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything." And, you know, that kind of sums up that point that we're talking about right here. That when we have all these idols, these are the things we look at and the, and the things that uh, give us that sense of Christmas and, and, and make us feel, you know, better and bring back all the memories and, and all those things. We're really trusting in those things and realizing this you can't, if you take those things away, you can't take away God. Because he isn't, he isn't a God that's in a temple someplace. Right. He doesn't exist in places or in objects or in idols like the, Ath- the Athenians thought or, or were thinking that's where their gods existed in. And Paul's giving them something so much better. If we go back to that, like that's very unfortunate. It's unfortunate if we say these symbols that you're taking away, um, let, let's just say, for instance, they determine somewhere along the line that uh, you can't you can't cut Christmas trees down anymore because they take you know they make oxygen and they provide nutrients to the ground and and we're worshiping Mother Earth now and so therefore you can't cut these trees down. Uh, if they take that away, it, you know they you can't take away Christ just right. because you take away that symbol mm-hmm. and. In our case, you know, the biggest thing that we're losing out on is probably gathering together with our families, mm-hmm. being able to spend time with others. Now, I liked your example because you used an example that is really salient when when we opened up and you talked about your neighbor, mm. uh, elderly people. Right now, I just read an article about it; they're just being just marginalized. At it's terrible the way that. The, the loneliness that they're experiencing because family members can't come to visit family members don't even feel comfortable, excuse me, yeah. coming to visit some of these, uh, it's their family members that are elderly because of everything, you know, because of how we've been scared into this and, and, uh, and because of the, the tr- reality that it is, they are the most in the most vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand it, but at the same time, we've got to weigh out like the depression that people are going through. Mm-hmm. Or at ninety years old, how many how many more times do you have to spend Christmas with your grandchildren right. or great grandchildren? I'm sure in that case, you know how many more opportunities do you have? And you know, at some point, you have to weigh the quality of life as well, right? At some point, you have to let people make their own decisions. Oh, absolutely. But I don't. I'm now. I'm. Now I'm going into the realms of You're being. I'm, I'm frustrated <laughs> with with what's happening. Well, no, it's but, a different.
1: That's it's a good distinction to make because you can be upset for the wrong reasons or upset for the right reasons. Right. I think that there is a lot of validity to being upset or concerned about some of the measures we've been taking, how they affect people. That is one example that I gave. I can think of others um, where you know we we are social beings mm-hmm. we need to be together god created us it is not good for man to be alone people all over the world are struggling not only this year but just in general and we need each other and yeah christmas may have a lot of meaning to it that's lost its power from a christian perspective it's been it's become a holiday a cultural holiday but there's even some value in that because a lot of people would never go it's visit true certain relatives i mean mm-hmm. this, let's just be honest that happens all the time we see many people only at certain holidays or at a funeral is when we run into some of our family members right. and that's something that's worth keeping yeah. that we still get to see each other um, those are built-in scheduled reasons to see one another and that's a valuable thing mm-hmm. so i'm not even yeah i want to be careful to not say oh that's an idol uh, right. i don't think that that particular thing is Mm-hmm. I would say me being upset, I have mixed motives. Some mm-hmm. of it is out of pure selfishness. Some of it is simply, hey, government, stay out of my business. Leave me alone. Let me make my own decisions. I want to do this. you know. I want right. to see my family, even though mo- some of my family, anyways, live in town. I can see them anytime I want. Um, you know, We probably could have just rearranged Christmas and had it on Wednesday. I probably yeah. could have, yeah. but that's not the case for everybody. Right. Um but there is a sense for sure that I think Christians we have enshrined this holiday and given it special power. Right. Um at that's, least in the way that we treat it. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, sure. I mean you think about and, and I'm not even sure how true some of that stuff is. It was not that long ago. I don't know for sure this year if it's there or not, but it was there last year. The station mall had the nativity scene up on mm-hmm. display mm-hmm. last year. I'm like, there is not a war on Christmas that has any meaning if the if the station mall can put up a nativity scene, and nobody cares. Like that's we're doing just fine right. compared to what other Christians in other parts of the world are facing. Right, they're yes. facing imprisonment and yep. things of that nature. Yes, and we're complaining because our very white looking Mary and Joseph and Jesus <laughs> aren't on display. You know, like come on it does it's not different worlds here, nevertheless, we have lost a lot in 2020. many of us I would say most of us have had a have had a rough year mm-hmm. and we've lost some of our uh some of us have lost businesses uh we've we've lost some financial savings that we might have had uh, we've lost precious time spent with people that we would have liked to have spent time with. we've lost making some memories on a vacation that we had planned in the summer that we had to cancel. Some of us have lost loved ones because of death, whether that's COVID or other things or all that can be lost. I guess the point though is even if the government interferes and can make things more difficult and maybe even cause additional loss, which to some extent they've done themselves. What Christmas, what we're really acknowledging with this holiday that's been hijacked for all these other purposes is the hope that we have in this Savior? It's the acknowledgment that God has come to Earth, and that His intervention in our horrible mess that we call human life on this planet has has start. It had started two thousand years ago. the The plan of intervention, well, it really began in the beginning, but it began to become fulfilled when the Messiah came and Christ. We obviously know from the Gospels, he fulfilled his mission. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He gave his life on the cross as a ransom for many. And then he rose again and promised to return. And in the meantime, he would prepare a place so that when he comes again, we will be with him also. That reality, which supersedes all the other things that we could possibly lose in life, cannot, and I mean, that emphasis on the word can't, right, cannot be taken away. No matter what we lost this year, no matter what things we're going to be disappointed by, that unshakable hope is as strong as it was on the day Jesus was born and the angels were singing and rejoicing and had, like, that reality is just as true and maybe even more so, and that is where we need to fix Our eyes. In fact, that was the scripture that I thought of when we had sat down to talk about this is 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says there, look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, Mm -hmm. but the things that are unseen are eternal. Eternal. This eternal reality of a Savior who has come to save us from our sins, save us from ourselves, and give us an unshakable hope for the future that has happened it's done and we're in the meantime you know commemorating it with things like christmas but you can take away my christmas but you can't take away my jesus right and that reality is what i want to try and build my life on and if 2020 has taught us anything or is designed to teach us anything it's to fix our eyes on those unseen eternal realities
0: yeah for sure for sure that's uh that, you know, and that's really it. It's a, it's a spiritual kingdom. It's a, a spiritual reality of who Christ is in our lives. And maybe maybe this is an opportunity for us. You know, we talked about the Great Reset <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, uh, and our concerns about some of those things. But there is a reset that can take place in us spiritually. And getting or maybe not having access to all the things that we normally have access to on Christmas gives us the opportunity to really build into that part of our lives. Who is Christ to me? Taking time to be able to do that instead of running around and, you know, all the things that you have to do at Christmas, uh, meals that need to be prepared shopping that still needs to be done. I'm sure some of you out there still have shopping to do. Uh, You know, all these things take our focus off from what this is really all about. And we complain about it every year. We talk about it uh, in church. We talk about it to one another. We even know that it happens. Um, You know, you spend all day and all night slaving over the perfect meal for everybody because they're all coming over and, you know, trying to, yeah, all the things that we do, trying to get the perfect gift for somebody, all that effort, and there's opportunity now. There, we should look at this as a way, you know, I mean, we, we certainly look at it the other way. We've already talked about that. But the other side of it is we can look at it as a way to be able to spend more time with him Mm. and I guess grow in in deeper in that spiritual reality of who Christ is in our lives. This is, you know, really when you think about it, all the things that we lament and we're frustrated with, we have to ask ourselves, is God as frustrated with those things as we are? Mm. And I think that, if God had a list of things that He was frustrated with, even in us personally or in the world that we live in, either one, um, I think one of the uh, top things on that list would be how much time we spend with Him.
1: Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's a good. That's a good way to consider that question. God is God as worried about this as we are? Is this is this our fight? Like because we we, right. we we like to say. You know it's the war on Christmas, and so us believers, it's like grab your sword, grab your shield, we're yeah, gonna fight back. Go, right. And God's kind of like, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> guys, this is not what I really was interested in. It's yeah. a waste of time. And I would, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it's I, not a complete waste of time. Yeah. I'm being a bit overdramatic by saying mm-hmm. that, but you get my point. It def- it it is not proportionate at least in terms of what Christmas is really about, what is on God's agenda,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what he's intending and trying to do in our lives. And I feel like we value God more when we realize that he is all we have to cling to. Right. And that is the great lesson of this year. It's and reminding
0: us all at every turn. Right. That yep.
1: all the things that we could put our hope in are those things are transient they come, they go. They're not mm-hmm. forever. They're not stable. It's shifting sand. But we have this rock that we can stand on, that we can build our lives on. And that is a sure foundation. This is just a good reminder of that reality. And mm-hmm. it can be of great spiritual benefit, like you say, to, to for us to grow and receive that instruction. God is trying to teach us something. Right? The book of James says, rejoice when you face hardships because... The whole point of it is God is trying to grow you.
0: Develop perseverance in our lives. Mm -hmm.
1: So rather than uh, kick and scream because God has us on his anvil, let him shape you. It's going to take a little bit of effort, a little bit of work. might be a little painful in the process, but we've got stuff to learn, and he cares about us.
0: Now, there's people that are listening to us right now, Jeremy, and they are uh, yelling at their phones Yelling uh, into space, yelling at the treadmill that they're on. Whatever, whatever you're doing while you're listening to this, and you're saying, "No, it's the principle of it. It's the principle. They can't take away our freedoms. They can't do these things." What do you say? Yeah, they can. <laughs> yep. Well, they did.
1: Our, our kingdom <laughs> is not of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the things that is becoming. Boy, I tell you, it's easy to forget that when you live in a relatively free country. The stuff that we're dealing with is what other people have been dealing with for for a long time in other parts of the world or in in the past history. People have had rights taken away from them. Like, that's what we do as wicked men. Right. We trample on each other's rights, mm. and we impose our values over others, and the strongest survive, and Christians are supposed to, in the midst of that, turn the other cheek and be willing to shed your blood in order to remain faithful to the Lord and persecution is the norm being taken advantage of is the norm in fact here's an interesting passage that I really need to spend some time meditating on God brought it to my attention because I had been doing a study on the Sermon on the Mount for school when it says if someone forces you to to if someone forces you to go with him one mile go to Now, the context of that, the historical context of that is that a Roman soldier has the right because they've conquered your people. They can come up to you and at any point tell you to stop what you're doing and carry the gear that they're carrying, and you have to do it for one mile. And there were a lot of different uh, stones set up as like mile markers. Mm. And so basically, if you were in the middle of whatever it was you were doing and a Roman soldier decided, I don't feel like hauling this anymore, Hey, you, come here and carry this for me one mile. You had to drop what you were doing and do it. Otherwise, face the sword. And Jesus mm-hmm. in the middle of that says, if that happens to you, carry go it for two. two. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Wait a second. So what is it like? how does that apply to this whole scenario that we're facing now? An unjust government asking us to do mm-hmm. whatever the heck they want based on their own whims. And now we're supposed to go two? Should I be quarantining for four weeks? Like, what is, <laughs> how does this apply? The well, truth wait is, wait a minute, wait uh, a yeah, minute. Yeah, I know. May, maybe <laughs> that, you know, kidding. that might not be the right interpretation. <laughs> Don't write that one down. The point, though, is Jesus had a different perspective and called us, his disciples, to have a different perspective of these right. things. Because the, the human perspective is uh, you Fight. try and resist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you argue, you try and get out of it, or at most you carry it, you know, you try and see if you can stop short of the mile so you can get back to what you were doing right, or whatever, right? Like you throw it down at the mile marker and curse the guy and run off, you know, like, I don't know. That's, that's a perfectly acceptable, normal way to handle it. Mm -hmm. And we're not called to that. No, we're not called to live out of a earthly perspective. We don't belong here. Yep. We are a kingdom that is not of this world. Mm -hmm. We're a chosen race and a Royal priesthood. And that's not a national reality.
0: It should not surprise us that our world and the kingdom that's been set up here is we're not comfortable with it. Right. It shouldn't surprise us. And we, and we shouldn't be surprised at what people are expecting of us or what they're trying to impose on us. Uh, all those things. We've actually, you and I, we've grown up. In one of the greatest times, in the greatest places, with the most freedoms, individual freedoms, that probably it's unprecedented in the history in of history. the world. Right. Absolutely. And and so our problem is is that as those those freedoms get stripped away, um, we get more and more angry and frustrated with it because, unfortunately, we have come to believe. That we deserve them, Mm -hmm. and it's my right. It's my right, and and that's, you know, it's it's an understandable. It's actually what I would wish that I could do for the rest of my life, but it's not very likely. Mm. It's it's more likely that we're going to live in a world, and that this world is going to be continually become more and more overbearing, and more and more difficult. There's going to be more and more challenges, but know this, that when these things happen to us, we actually draw closer to God. We have to cling to him. And, you know, our response is usually anger and frustration towards the government. And that's kind of, I I understand it, but Mm -hmm. the other side of it is how much of it is uh, a satisfaction and comfort and peace toward God. Mm Mm-hmm. Because really, he's working through both of those things. I mean, he's working through that situation to to cause us to love him and follow him more. And we can make arguments about, you know, whether or not we should stand by and let our rights be trampled on and all these other things. And we just have to realize that uh, God is the protector, ultimately, of our rights. And we need to learn to trust him more. Mm-hmm. This is a good opportunity to learn to trust him more. And there, there may come a day. I mean, we had this discussion earlier today. There may come a day when there's something that really is worth dying for. Mm-hmm. And but let's make sure that let's make sure we know what that is. I don't. I'm not going to say what it is for you. I don't even I'm not even sure what it is for me I'll only know when that time comes when that freedom that they're trying to take away is going is somehow something that God does not want me to let go of and then I have a problem because now I have to come up against I have to sin in order to sin being not doing what God wants me to do in order to uh appease the the government and you know live up to their expectations. And mm-hmm. so you know, is civil disobedience something that uh, it's it's not something we should look for and it's certainly not something that we should jump to uh, right off the bat and it's something that may be required at some point in time of our lives. But hopefully we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can watch as God takes care of these things and brings us through COVID and brings us through 2020. Uh, and, uh, I'm praying, I am praying and hoping that 2021 will be much better. Mm-hmm. looks like the first part isn't going to be great either, but <laughs> I, I starting would, off but, with a bang. Yeah, but we
1: need to, ch- <laughs> we need to challenge our mentality about that,
0: you know, mm-hmm. uh, because
1: that's, that's the way that we're thinking about it. This year has mm-hmm. been a bad year. It'd be nice to have a better year next year. I don't even, somebody said to me, no, that's not true. I heard somebody say earlier, mm, I want to say two weeks ago, 2020 has been the best year of their life. Mm-hmm. And I thought, it, it kind of struck me as weird, mm-hmm. really weird. I'm like thinking to myself, you're the first person I'm pretty sure I've heard say that <laughs> right. and it's December. That's, But it was, it just made me think like, yeah, you know, people, everybody's circumstances are different. Some people, for some people, 2019 was horrible. For some people, 2018 was terrible. Like, we we face all kinds of different circumstances that make seasons come and go. Uh, you know, life easy or difficult, joyous or sorrowful. And there's nothing unique about 2020. It, it's been a challenge, maybe on a larger scale for most people. But even in the middle of that, there's things to be rejoicing. Yeah. And the biggest thing of all... This has just been driven home to me, and I still have to actually let it sink into my heart so much more than it is. It's just that the Lord is at work. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice is what Scripture tells us. Or give thanks in all circumstances. This is Mm -hmm. God's will for you. And I think, I'm terrible at that. I am awful at obeying. F that verse. Most yeah, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a D plus. <laughs> I've gone up a grade this year. I went from F to D plus. But it's just obvious because I complain about my circumstances a lot, just like the rest of us do. And that's not from that's not of the Lord. That's right. not me living in the power of the spirit. It's me living in the power of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And I am disappointed in myself that I haven't grown more in that regard this year. But I, like you say, it sounds like I'll have lots of opportunity <laughs> moving ahead. And man, I tell you what, I really want to be that person. Yeah, because everybody around us is complaining, and I feel like I am not contributing a unique voice.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm complaining too because I'm doing the same thing everyone else is. Uh-huh. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm frustrated.
0: You want to you want to be different. You yes. want to make a statement yes. in our world. And I know for myself. When we first had to start wearing masks, my statement was, I'm not wearing one, mm-hmm. right? And so then I made my statement walking around without a mask, going in places, things like that. Yeah, I got a medical condition. Ha ha ha. Right? And <laughs> I'd I'd rather be known for something really significant, like somebody who has joy in the midst of right. great difficulty. Right. That's being a different person. Yes. That is what christ came to change he didn't come to change whether i wear a mask or not Mm -hmm. and making that statement to the world isn't going to make a bit of difference right but
1: so so we believers of all people have reason to rejoice in especially in the christmas season because of what this reality points to we know what it points to and not only do we know but it's true in our hearts and in our lives right right now so i feel like we are blowing it if we just go around mm-hmm. sulking and being, you know, uh obstinate and frustrated because everybody else feels the same way. There's nothing unique sure. about that. No. When the Bible says let not your light different. shine before men, <laughs> it's not a torch to go burn down some <laughs> like you know, <laughs> that's not what that means. That's There's right. gotta be something different and unique. And you're you'd hit the nail on the head, it's about the joy that we can have, even in the midst of our circumstantial hardships. That requires the eyes of faith. Lord, increase my faith. That's my prayer Mm. for me. That's my prayer for us as his people. You feel like I have faith. Of course we have faith, but we could use more. Right. We could sure use some more. And I think as we grow into that reality, I think the church has a good chance Mm. to really begin to stick out amongst this culture. And maybe that is the very thing God's doing. That may, that may very well be the very thing he's doing. We've grown so dull to spiritual realities mm-hmm. that we've become, we've become useless for his purposes. That's right. And this is the a, a kind of thing that we need for corrective purposes to become unique, to become different. You know, Scripture uses the word holy mm-hmm. to be set apart set for apart. him. Right? Mm-hmm. And I feel this is what God is trying to accomplish, and I have a long ways to go personally. To allowing him to work more, we all do. My life,
0: yeah. Well, I think this is a good point to wrap this up. I hope that this Christmas season uh, brings some unique discovery for each one of us. That we'll discover things about our Savior. We'll discover things about this hope. We'll discover things about our own selves, and. Maybe we'll be gathering in smaller groups. Maybe it'll be just us and our immediate family. Um, but you know what? That's, that's an opportunity to focus on people that might get lost in that bigger family gathering. And hopefully that too is just a blessing that you can take with you. And 2020 can be a, a memorable time. Um, maybe different Maybe not what you expected, but memorable because it was a time, hopefully, where your life was changed. And, you know, every one of us is on that journey of God changing and transforming us. And so that should be a delight to us, to be changed, to be more conformed to his image. Our lives are, you know, this... This life and, and what we do is a living sacrifice for Him, and He's definitely bringing us through it. So let's let Him, let's let Him, and let's have joy in the midst of that because we know that what He's doing, He's doing with a, for a purpose and a reason, and that it's gonna be great. Mm. It's gonna be great ultimately. Amen. So, anyway, till next uh, next time next week, we will uh, say goodbye for now. And uh, just pray that God continues to watch over and care for you. Uh, I hope that, I just hope you have a great and a safe holiday.